0: Welcome to From the Bleachers, the only podcast that recognizes that Real Housewives is a sport, sometimes well-played and sometimes not, in which the women are (laughs) competing for additional screen time and social media fame. Today, we are analyzing the plays made in Season 4, Episode 19, the final part of our three-part reunion of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm Sandra. I am Mandy. And it's our... Final episode of the first season we've ever covered together, Mandy and I have, they're not dark and stormies, we're pretending they're dark and stormies, they're little mimosas. <laughs> I, I am definitely not pretending it's a dark and stormy. <laughs> <laughs> to celebrate our our first season recording together. So cheers. Cheers. We'll try not um, to get too day drunk as we cast. I know, it's hard to feel cheerful though. I'm, I, Well, A, I think I'm PMSing, so let me just put that out there. B... I'm just like pissed off at a certain player Yeah, completely fumbling the game. Can you fumble a game or just a ball? I don't know. I think you can. I think, uh, I mean, do we want to talk about this now?
1: I can't not. (laughs) Okay. I think it's a lack of stamina is the main issue. Mm. I thought is what it kind of boiled down to by the end of it. I looked for ways to try and just... Pay homage to this player for her work and as a farewell parting gift, a way to try and say, maybe you could be MVP because it's so much about you. But at the end of the day, there's no stamina. She walked off the field. She walked away. No fight left. And that was it.
0: Yeah, this is how I felt. This is like your star rookie quarterback who's just been killing it all season. He's been giving your team the best season you've ever had, takes your team all the way to the Super Bowl. And you're like, God, this is amazing. And then they get out on the field for the Super Bowl and they just like hand the football to the other players. Right. That's what it was. It was just like, here you go. I'm done. I give up.
1: Yeah. It was really disappointing. I think she just, I think like my notes, I I said, you know, reunion is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And Mm -hmm. she came out and, you know, part one, really aggressive and ready to fight. And then I think two key moments in this game really set her back and she just gave up. And and what's sad about that is she could have, she still could have switched tactics. She Mm -hmm. could have completely done 180 Mm -hmm. and gone the apology route. And I think she
0: would have made a lot of headway. We're on the same page here friend. We're on the same okay. exact page. Yeah. Should we jump should we should we hop into it? In
1: order to help us conserve time for our very long episode, 54 whole minutes without commercials, <laughs> our preview that we get is Squabble, Black Eye, Last Time Lisa Did Her Own Makeup, Drive By's, Not a Hero, Ridiculous. <laughs> Boom.
0: That's it. <laughs> wow, so much more concise than when I do it. <laughs> I love it. So,
1: we get our our clips of New York City. We get a shot of the Brooklyn Bridge, which was part of my daily commute back in the day. Mm. And then D-Lac, our dark lord Andy Cohen, for those of you who uh, don't have your acronym handbook handy, <laughs> he asks Meredith uh, why she's been giving him the stink eye. And he feels like maybe she's mad at him. And he usually only gets that at Jersey reunions. Yeah.
0: Criticizing her face play right off the bat.
1: Right off the bat. So I thought that was kind of fun. So he introduces a a package of the game. So we get a package of the drag inspired makeup competition. And of course, we get a package of who's on your wagon. As we're getting the end of the who's on your wagon package, we hear some squabbling and Monica says something about it's better than being 55 and acting the way you do. And Lisa says, probably what we really wanted to say to Monica throughout this entire episode, you got to be smarter about arguing.
0: Yeah. At, at first I was like 55. Who's 55? And I was like, oh, probably a lot of them are when I like was taking into account the ages of their kids and stuff. But they just don't. You don't look at them and think 55.
1: No. Whitney plays an excellent redirection um, about Meredith and her butter shaking, which gets us a nice little uh, clip of Meredith taking her butter to the restaurants, which I thought was awesome. And how proud mm-hmm. Meredith is of that. Um, I thought that was a great play by Whitney sort of trying to get us away from the squabbling because there's a lot of Lisa Monica squabble play. Delac asks if Monica was really surprised that Lisa kicked her off her wagon. And, and Lisa does this a lot in this part is she just gets in a quick little jab at Monica before Monica even has a chance to answer Delac's question. Then we get kind of a little bit of a me monster with Lisa. When was the last time you did your own makeup? And Mary, who is still there. By the yeah, way, I, w- I put in my notes, Mary's still
0: there. <laughs> I <was> like, what?
1: <laughs> we have more for Mary. And we did. We did have more for Mary. Mary says that that's her insecurity. A lot of the women basically looking around like, no, no, that's just Lisa. That's not insecurity. It's just Lisa wanting to be pampered. And we also find out she's got poor eyesight, which I totally identify with, because <laughs> when I take off my glasses, if I'm not wearing my contacts, I have to lean into like two inches from the mirror to see what
0: I'm doing. Well, you just need glam and go, just like Lisa.
1: I do need glam and go. I was, I I put on lip gloss today, so. Oh, I noticed you look fantastic. (laughs) I was wondering your eyelids sparkle. I didn't know if that was eyeshadow
0: or just your natural, wonderful skin. It's just a nice little sheen of sweat from the stressful morning of getting the children out the door.
1: Well, there you go. (laughs) I put on cashmere. I guess that was my other, my other glam moment. And now I'm really warm. So I'm sweating too. Then we, we somehow wind our way into, thanks to D-Lac, uh, bringing up an impression Meredith did of Whitney, which is sounds nothing like Whitney, <laughs> and neither did Mary's impression of Whitney sound anything like him. But we get this little <laughs> round the room impressions of each other, and Angie does a great Meredith. I thought that was fabulous, and I love seeing Meredith funny. laughing at it, which was great.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, considering they're kind of still at odds, you Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then we get our first truly interesting moment where d probes Mary about a comment she made on Watch What Happens Live about Heather in a Gucci corset. Mm. Now, I just want to call attention to Mary calling it a, not once, but twice, a course ket. So (laughs) we once again have some housewife-inspired rewriting of words.
0: (laughs) Well, they make up their own accents. They make up their own words, you know. Mary basically
1: said she thought it must be a fake Gucci corset because they don't make a size 17 and was this body shaming and Mary's like I would that wasn't even on my mind that wasn't the first thing on my mind I don't know what you thought about this but the fact that Heather was just so like okay that's cool I mean I kind of thought that was a little bit of an that yeah. they didn't get into that
0: it happened I feel like it happened a long time ago. And so they kind of had uh, probably already talked about it and moved past it before this, but it's still like sometimes you what, you need to rehash that on TV so we get to see it. Right. I kind of believe Mary that she didn't mean anything. I mean, I think some people just don't think before they speak, and she and don't necessarily think about how their comments are going to come off to other people. Um, yes. But it, it's still just like, really? You didn't think that one through first? <laughs> yeah, that
1: one seems a little a little more overt. <laughs> So, but, and then we have a nice little compliment play from Mary after that, which is, well, I guess Heather shame me because she looks fabulous tonight.
0: Mm-hmm. And this moment where Heather's fashion play is so good that she even pulls a compliment from Mary finally helped me decide that Heather's, what was it like? an is like an asymmetrical orange. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. Pulled gown was my fashion play of the game. Very nice. Yeah, we did not
1: have that from you. I gave mine in the first episode of the reunion, and now we have Saunders, so we are yeah. complete.
0: I feel like Mary doesn't give compliments easily, and so to to pull that kind of a, she said, she shamed me. I mean, that's pretty good, so I give it to Heather for, I don't know, putting it together to to a point where she gets a compliment out of Mary.
1: I love it. Delac asks what Mary's future is with the group, and Mary says it depends on the group accepting her the way she is. So, a little bit of victim play here from Mary.
0: I thought that was a funny question from Dilak because wouldn't the answer be like, "I don't know. Give me, show me what's like- in my contract. Like, what kind of a contract are you going to give me? <laughs> what do you mean? You what's me. future with the group? <laughs> are you hiring me again?"
1: Yeah. And then she says, you know, for instance, Whitney is terrified of me, which then leads us to hashing out that like Whitney's not terrified. She just doesn't want to disappoint Mary. And that's because she doesn't want to suffer the words that come out of Mary's mouth afterwards. Meredith gives a funny little bit on how she's not afraid of Mary. They've worked things out before they've had words and worked them out off camera. And then she offers to give everyone else lessons on how to handle Mary, which I thought was lovely. (laughs) Then we get a little bathroom break as Mary leaves and the women all get up. But Monica and Delac stays there as well, but he's just looking at his phone and not talking to Monica. Mm-hmm. And as Mary leaves, uh, she tells Monica, you got this. You're good. So she gives a little a little mm. friend play there before she walks out the door. And then we go to commercial.
0: Yes. And when we come back from commercial, I love we get the little behind the scenes, the quiet on set. We get our countdown. And Delac gets back into it, and he says, "We're going to get into Bermuda." And so we get a Bermuda package. We kind of are reliving the Angie Mafia stuff, the pirate dinner, the finale episode with Reality Vontee's reveal, receipts, proof, timeline, timeline screenshots, and the Jen Black Eye reveal. This is kind of like all the stuff we've been waiting to cover. Delac asks Monica point blank if she was Reality Von Vontee's. She says she is a part of the page, yes. She didn't set it up or name it, but she did post some things, but not all, as reality volunteers, and she says starting in 2021, which was after she was working for Jen and after she gave the statement against Jen to the FBI. She says the original purpose of the account was to expose Jen and how she was treating her employees, and she doesn't feel like the page came for any of the other ladies, Heather says there are posts still up about her, calling her derogatory LGBTQ names, Shrek and Manatee. Um, but Monica's defense is that all these things are things that Jen Shaw was saying about Heather, so it's an attack on it's an attack on Jen, not on Heather. And they're showing the posts, and you can see that these are quotes from Jen Shaw or screenshots of text messages with Jen Shaw that are calling Heather these things. Dilak says, "Explain to me how this works." Heather says, "What the internet." And
1: that was
0: my <laughs>
1: quip of the game. <laughs> quip of the game. <laughs> I thought that was just wonderfully
0: delivered. Excellent timing. Full bravo. Chef's kiss to Heather on that one. <laughs> she does have, yes, Heather is good with her little, her little quips, her little one-liners. as She brings the comedy. That's great. Yeah. He's trying to basically get to, are these, is this account like reposting things from other accounts or is it like. Is it creating its own original content? And they're not right. really like getting into that, but basically the women are saying it doesn't matter because they're taking critical things and spreading it and like tagging everyone like mad. So as DLAC is, he's like on, I don't know if he, whose phone he's on, his own phone, someone else's phone, trying to find the account. And Heather says the first account got shut down for cyberbullying. Monica says that's not why it got shut down. Heather asks then if it was the cease and desist from Jen that got it shut down. And Monica says, no, we didn't care about that because we knew we had facts. So Monica's defense here is basically she was trying to show that Jen was bullying Heather. So the account was actually sticking up for Heather. Heather is like, you put out these awful mm-hmm. insults about me forever and to see over and over and over and over and over again.
1: I love Heather's line. She says, thank you for being a courier of horrible lies and things said about me tagging every single Bravo account in the universe. That kind of says it all. Like, (laughs) that's not helping anyone.
0: It's not. And then Heather says, you are not a hero in this, Monica. And this is where Monica has her line. I'm fine with being the villain in your story, Heather, because you're the clowns in mine. Which Which I didn't really get.
1: It was just a little bit of nastiness, but this is, um, this is, I think it's an error by Monica that she's playing throughout the episode that she's just genuinely unrepentant. She genuinely thinks that what she did was a good thing and she just doesn't get it. And she's, she's, yeah, she's just not listening to them at all.
0: She's only um, being antagonistic with them. She just wants to argue her point. She can't Sit back for a minute and be like, oh, here was the impact that what I did. And let right. me acknowledge that and take accountability for that. DLAC finds a post that says, y'all's grandma is still pretending she can get a black D, which I guess was about Heather. Monica denies that this was her post. Heather says it was posted over and over again. Heather shows in her phone, yay for receipts. This is Heather had a lot of receipts this episode. <laughs> she sure did. <laughs> She shows how often she was tagged by Reality Von Teese, And you can just see like, you know, we don't get like a close up, but you can just see there's like lines and lines and lines. She says every single day for three years, Monica corrects and says it was two years. Delac wants to get some specific dates from Monica, kind of like drill down and get some specifics on how long the account was going on for. And Heather says, don't give her the platform. And that's when Monica reaches behind her clown car pillow and pulls out the burn book.
1: What we have all sort of
0: been waiting for—it's <laughs> I mean, been in all the previews, so we're meant to—we're meant to be looking forward to it.
1: And this is this was my first, one of the first big disappointments of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I, after watching the next segment with the burn book, I was—I—I I sort of thought, Bravo! Why did you push this in the teasers so much? Because you made us think there's something big was going down here, and it really. A little bit of a nothing burger.
0: I thought you were going to say something else. I thought you were going to say, why did Bravo push this on Monica? Because Um. Bravo has clearly, and we we talked about this on a previous episode saying we didn't think they had a sponsorship but then subsequently i saw a commercial <laughs> with all the bravo celebrities and a burn book and whatever so clearly there's a deal where bravo is advertising for the new mean girls movie so yeah. this was this was not monica's own idea she wasn't like i know i'm going to make a burn book they came to her and were like they have a partnership they're trying to do the mean girls thing and they told her to make a burn book they were pushing her to do this
1: that's so interesting if that is true because she did not stand behind this burn book, like somebody who was excited and proud and like going to show it, you know, yeah.
0: she got done dirty by the producers here. They were like, I no, this will so. be great. Yeah. It'll be so funny. People will love yeah. it. And then the reaction was horrible. She pulls it out. All the ladies are like, we don't want to do this. We just went through this for two to three years. They don't want to see this burn book. Um, they're not happy. It was not a good play.
1: You it know, it just fell flat. It, it felt, felt so flat. incredibly flat. So we come back from commercial and we've got our bird book, right? Full of receipts. Um, She says it's full of receipts. It's full of everything. She wants Heather to lighten up. It's a joke. And I just, yeah, I just, I kind of almost felt bad for Monica in this moment. And so d asks, what's the point of this book?
0: (laughs) To get, for Bravo to get money from the, from promoting the the Mean Mean Girls Girls movie. movie. We saw it all over the previews. They probably got money every time (laughs) they showed it. That was the point.
1: <laughs> oh, so, and he says that in trying to expose Jim, what Monica did was hurt all of them. And DeLac is basically admonishing Monica at this point. Like if you post something and Heather with tear play says multiple times a day, he says, what you're doing is perpetuating something mean about her. Monica just continues not to get it. d continues to admonish and you're blasting out horrible things about people multiple times a day. And Heather with more tear play asks, what if we repeated the things your mother said about you multiple times a day? Mm. And Monica's basically like, my mom did that. So
0: (laughs) yeah, I don't know why that justifies her doing it to them, but okay. Right. she's... She's trying to go with along the same thing she's been doing. She's trying to play the victim, play the victim, play the victim.
1: Right. And, and she's sort of like, I, I've been a victim of it and I'm not sitting there crying in a chair. Mm. So, you know, I think that's kind of her attitude is like, you just got to have a thicker skin. Mm. But basically, I just feel like if d is questioning your integrity, like, I just don't <laughs> even know. I don't even know. So then we've got a uh, faux
0: apology. We were trying to get it out how awful she was. I am sorry that that ended it's up not hurting you. Me. Yeah, I mean, do we both agree it's a faux apology? It's basically like she takes accountability. I mean, she says the words, I'm sorry. Right. She kind of says what it's for. So two points for a, accountability, specificity. And then she has an attitude over the top of it and she's making constant excuses. So it's like yeah. plus two, minus two, zero overall faux apology.
1: Total faux apology. I didn't even give her the specificity. Um,
0: <laughs> so you gave <laughs> no a negative more. one, I mean.
1: I, yeah, that was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this, I mean, it was really hard to pick like an error of the game because it was just like the entire game for Monica was an error. But Mm -hmm. this inability to give even like a decent like one to two point apology, which like she needed way more than that. But there was no, there. she had no, she was all in like protecting her own ego. She was all in like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, don't come at me. She couldn't take a moment to say, I see how I hurt you. I wish that I had never been involved in the count. Um, I've washed my hands of the account now. I feel really bad for the pain it's caused. Nothing. She didn't do any of that. So her lack of any apology beyond the, this faux apology in this game was my error of the game. She can't come back with the other ladies if she can't, if she can't show any accountability for what she's done.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That is a big part of housewife play is that you've got to create your drama and then you've got to let it go. Um, and I'm seeing this in my, my learning about our Beverly Hills ladies, their stakes seem a lot lower than here, Mm. like Salt Lake city. I feel like the stakes for these women is actually a lot higher. Whereas on Beverly Hills, they all, they all feel more like they know they're playing a game. Whereas here, like these women are much more earnest. So, so, and that's even more reason why Monica needed to actually be vulnerable enough to apologize. I think she's probably a very, a very broken human being in a mm-hmm. way who, you know, really has had a rough time of it so far. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's like when you've had, you know, some sort of like a you know, abuse, grown up with abuse, there's there's like a there's a big protection of the ego that comes on because it feels like it's high stakes to admit yeah. that you're wrong because it's because you're told that if you're wrong, it's like the worst thing ever. There's going to be like a big consequence to being wrong. And so the idea right. of being wrong is horrible. And so she just needs to grow more in that way if she wants to be able to show up and play. Yeah. Better.
1: I don't know. We'll have to discuss this later, whether or not we think that she is a candidate for the traders or not having never watched the show, but <laughs> it is all, that's all I see right now everywhere. <laughs> so anyway, d asked if they ever posted anything nice. And there are a few receipts of that, but as Heather points out, it was like one in 10,000, you're not a hero. And then we sort of switch gears to this question posed by both Lisa and d like you say awful things about them, do you really want to be their friend or do you want to be on the show? And Monica says, "I think both can be true."
0: Yeah, they, I I think that was a great point. Of course, like that's how it is for everyone. Like if they yeah. just wanted to be friends, there wouldn't be cameras around. They would just be friends. <laughs> they would just be friends. <laughs> everyone <laughs> wants to be on the show. That's why they're on the show.
1: <laughs> Monica <laughs> says, "I genuinely feel bad." And Heather says, "I don't think that's true." Monica replies, what is wrong with me wanting to sit on this couch, which is this total me monster moment. And again, this is more as another error where instead of addressing the friendship thing, she is addressing her ambition to be on the show and her Mm -hmm. desire to be on the show as if that is the problem. I mean, obviously they, like you say, they all want to be on the show. Right. (laughs) Everyone agrees. It's not a crime to plot to get on the show.
0: And I think it was more victim play too. Is just like she's trying to paint the picture of they're all trying to say she doesn't because she's lesser than them. She doesn't have as much money as them because she's a minority. Whatever, whatever picture she's trying to paint that she's they think she's not allowed on the couch, and so she's trying to be play into that victim play some more. Like you don't think I deserve to be on this couch or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That it's more about that than just I don't know, just her inability to to actually address what is more relevant in my mind. But she can't read my mind. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> so Lisa has a good play who alleges the crime was actually going against all of them. If she's so noble, why didn't she tell them in the beginning? And d like says that's a good question. Monica does have a pretty good response to that, though, which is that this was not, I was not the only person. We had to keep it under wraps. It was, you know, to the grave, et cetera. So then Lisa gets in another confrontation and she says, well, let's talk about how you got all that info. And it's the same way you knew I was going to go meet Snoop Dogg with all my friends. And this was such a great receipt here from earlier in the season, just a classic whodunit error where Monica yaps about something she shouldn't technically know and then tries to play it off as like, no, you totally told me that. You just don't remember. You don't remember. No, you don't remember. And so that was almost my play of the game because I really <laughs> loved, I loved this idea that Monica learned this from watching the security cameras in Genshaw's house, which may or may not be true, but that she then accidentally blurted it out, something she should know about Lisa that she knew and had to play it off.
0: Yeah, I was a little confused at where they were implied she was getting the information. You think it was the security cameras? I was like, were they saying she got it from Tunisia? Where, like, I, I was confused. Oh,
1: no, I think Lisa's Lisa is 100% saying you got that because you set up her security camera, you had the account, and you were, like, spying on her in her oh. home. I, that's my understanding.
0: Okay.
1: And Monica, though, says, no, Jen shot just told me. Uh, But Lisa says, no, you logged into her security system. And Monica says, it was my security system. Jen had had me put it in my name. My security
0: system of her house, yes.
1: Right. Like, and I don't understand why, and and Bleacher Nation, I did, as I was watching this text, Sandra, and I say, can you check with your cybersecurity team about whether it's a good idea to have a
0: third-party non-family member be in charge of your security system? Yep, I I'm did so not much. need to check with my cybersecurity team because I have common sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to just say, no, not a good idea. Bad idea.
1: Bad idea. So I don't know what Jen was thinking there. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what reason in the world anyone would have to have a different person be the one on the account. Anyway, all this squabbling ends with a great shouting match from Monica where she says, Lisa, you can choke on a dick. <laughs> Here we go. So then we have accusation play that this is how Monica got the video from Jen and Koa and other stuff that Monica denies it came from. And then Monica does this great diversion play where she accuses Lisa of being more angry at her for recording the video than at Jen for throwing things at an actual human being. And it's the most fight we've seen out of Monica in this entire episode. Which I think is kind of her only semi decent option for a play, a, the short of massive apology.
0: Right. Yeah. She does. She does this theme a lot. She's like, Jen. Like, she you know did all this stuff to elderly people. Took money. She did. She was like physically abusive. No. So why are you guys mad at me for something that's much lesser? Which is like valid right. points, but it's still like not taking accountability for what you did do.
1: Yeah. And it's, and that's the problem too, I think. And that's sort of what gets hashed out throughout this episode is that they are willing to admit that they were fools to let Jen get away with as much as she did for three years, Mm -hmm. but they've got this fool me once shame on me fool me twice. And Monica, guess what? You're twice. So we're not going to let you fool us. I love that Meredith makes this point in a very calm way. And it's almost like she's stoned at first um, with the first sentence where she's like, Jen's not here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She made a lot of quiet plays this whole. She did some
1: very subdued, quiet play. And I remember you saying something about how like Beverly Hills would have been her jam. Mm -hmm. But she is like watching Uh Beverly Hills now, like Beverly Hills, they're like very emotive.
0: Yeah, I don't think that Beverly Hills would have been her jam. I think she thinks Beverly Hills would be her jam. Also, I think the quiet play goes into my theory that she's an introvert. Yeah. Um, also, just not great play. Like, I feel like she had great things to say and she needed to say them louder. There's one I point wish she later would've. where I think I call it out later where they like had to subtitle her because she was just yeah. like, whispering it to someone. So this
1: is one of the points where I also call out that um DLAC, having been a school teacher, there's a lot of advice and um teaching on classroom management like Mm -hmm. so you can keep your kids quiet and so that they don't squabble and so that Mm -hmm. when you need them to be quiet they'll be quiet and learn and he's having a lot of classroom management issues in this episode (laughs) yeah
0: so I listen to I don't listen all the time but every once in a while I pop in and listen to his podcast which he now calls daddy diaries I think it was called something else before
1: uh, I'm really uncomfortable with that.
0: <laughs> well, he's a dad. He's a daddy now. Yes, he has. T- okay. T- well, okay. Then I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't like, <laughs> call me daddy diaries. It was like, <laughs> <stuff> like that. <laughs> Although I do. Okay. No, I'm not gonna. I, I find him a little sexy. And I think the daddy thing is I'm, I'm into him. I mean, I realize he, I realize he doesn't swing my way, but. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Like, is it like, I didn't, I didn't know what his preference. Oh, was. no, he's gay. He's very gay. Okay. So I have no shot but he was saying on his podcast that he was talking about the reunion and he it was after the second part of the reunion and his co-host was saying he was feeling frustrated that Delac wasn't going wasn't like controlling them better or wasn't trying to get control more he was just letting them talk all over each other and Delac said a lot of his, like, getting them under control and, like, yelling at them and, like, trying to bring focus back is, like, on the cutting room floor because it doesn't make good TV. And he he compared it to exactly what you said. He said, it's just like watching a teacher try to get control of, like, a rowdy class. It's not fun to yeah. watch.
1: No, it's not. He needs maybe a little <laughs> bell.
0: <laughs> there was one reunion I can't remember which one where he like went. There was a gong because they had gone to like Thailand or something. And there was a big gong in the back, and he like literally gets up and goes <laughs> over and he like starts hitting the gong to get everyone to stop fighting.
1: That's awesome. So he's used to these classroom management issues. Mm-hmm. So we turn to the drive-bys on Jen's house and we hear from Heather that apparently Monica took pictures and sold them to TMZ. That was another subtitled moment as Lisa and Monica continue to squabble. There is a big uproar about Monica's kids being both in the car and in Lisa's mouth, which is some nice imagery. (laughs) <laughs> Sandra's got that dog show in a car trick so Lisa's yelling at Monica about your kids were in the car and Monica's yelling at Lisa keep your kids out of my mouth so but that made me think of Brie and and how I am sad for Monica's um eldest for probably for all of her children right now but it made me sad for Brie that she's growing up with this
0: I wish Brie had given her mom a better pep talk before the reunion and told her mom how to make apology plays
1: yeah, right. I wish I wish that Monica had called you for some apology play mm. advice. Sandra has offered.
0: Yes, my offer stands. Any yeah. housewives who would like some coaching on apology play, I uh, am offering that at a small fee. It would be small for you; it would be large for me.
1: Angie, Angie did a great job of some apology, apologying.
0: <laughs> did she?
1: I just I just Salt Lake City like that word. Uh, It was several episodes ago.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you meant this episode. I was like, I missed that one.
1: So then we get to this whole, what is Monica's definition of stalking, um, which according to Monica requires you to be doing things to the person's property. (laughs) You can't just do it like you know it's not just like driving by and like being outside and watching them like you people do to their ex-boyfriends all the time which got us (laughs) a back-to-back laugh from Whitney and Meredith which was almost my face play of the game just because I know how much you love (laughs) double face play but it was on separate faces so (laughs) (laughs) team face play Uh, team team face face play there I like it team face play um, so then we get some receipts of videos of Monica doing the drive-bys on Jen's house. And she even says in one that she doesn't need quote, a restraining order
0: for stocking. <laughs> yes. She says it in the video.
1: Jesus, the errors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but these were great receipts and these were from Heather, from Heather's phone. So I want to make sure the credit goes to Heather here. She brought these receipts. These were played really well. Um, and it was like these, it's like, how did she get these whole videos of her? It must've been from Tunisia or yeah, know, I don't know. But I think so. So Monica's
1: problem here is she's, she's been lying so much that she cannot keep it straight. And we're about to get a big whopper where D-Lag asks her if the FBI asked Monica to drive by Jen Shaw's house. And she says, yeah. And she also owed us money. So <laughs> the burn book was a big and obvious error, but we don't know if
0: that was entirely her fault. I, it's still your fault. And even if the producers tell you to do something. You have agency. It's, you have agency. You, it's, still, it's still an error yep. if you listen.
1: But basically saying that the FBI asked her to do surveillance on Jen Shaw was my error of the game. Because... Whatever fire Monica had found earlier in trying to defend herself is completely doused by the appropriate reactions to this ludicrous assertion that the FBI has enlisted Monica to do surveillance. As Lisa said at the beginning of this episode, Monica needs to argue smarter.
0: Yes, all the women are basically laughing at her over the (laughs) FBI thing.
1: Yeah, Um, and it's
0: which is kind of sad, too. I, I, it was all, all of this episode was hard to watch. I was, I was in a bad mood after this episode. I'm still in a bad mood from it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like wanted better.
1: You should have watched Beverly Hills last night mm. because that was a lot of fun in Barcelona. <laughs> so yeah. So D-Lag follows up, asks Monica what the FBI asked her to do. And she says to catch her drinking and driving. And so, yeah, and, and like Monica just calls the women assholes for lie- laughing at her and saying, that's why there's a burn, but because you're mean. But she's just on the verge of being completely deflated. Her street smarts are just not going to get her out of this one. And then we go to
0: commercial. And during the commercial, we get a preview for Traders, which really does look good. We've got uh, Phaedra, who used to be in Atlanta. And we've got, what's her name from Miami, who's with um, Michael Jordan's son now. Anyway, they're both great Housewives players. And then we've got Pilot Peter Webber from The Bachelor, <laughs> 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 whose claim to fame is that he had sex in a windmill four times uh, with his bachelorette on her season. And there's a clip from Phaedra telling <laughs> Pilot Peter Webber, this is not The Bachelor. I don't have to kiss your ass for a rose. <laughs> I love this crossover so much. My two favorite reality franchises coming together. Um, I'm gonna have to watch it. Maybe or maybe I, I'm curious. I, I want to talk to you
1: about that because I'm super intrigued. Because it also doesn't have like the it also has like the physical survival reality TV type
0: people as well. There's like Yes, who I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no. it's it's like it's like <laughs> it's like reality stars from like all over different reality yeah. shows that they've brought together. Uh, I bet it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's supposed to be a good show. That's what I've been hearing.
1: We're excited. We're excited.
0: So we come back from commercial and they're all laughing at Monica for claiming that she was stalking Jen for in service of the FBI. Um, Then she says, she clarifies they didn't ask her to, but that she was doing it to find more information. So it's like, she was kind of implying she was doing it for them. And now she's clarifying she wasn't. She's kind of all over the place with what's true, what's not. Yep, yep. Um, Meredith, this is where Meredith is talking very quietly and they have to subtitle it. She is saying that Monica did it to dig and find information just like she did to Angie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. d asks the other women why they care that she was stalking Jen's house, uh, which I thought was a good question because part of me was just like, who cares? It's about Jen. It's about Jen's case. It's about that whole thing. Like I, she's a disgruntled worker or whatever. This is where Heather comes in, and this is where she takes the ball. This is the point in the episode where Monica's fumbling the ball all over the place, and Heather takes it and says, give it to me. Let me show you how to play this.
1: (laughs) I got this, honey. (laughs) I got it.
0: Veteran player here, yeah. (laughs) And she lays it out perfectly. She says... The capability it would take for a human being to befriend someone as a fan, to beg to work for them, to get the chance to work for them, then to infiltrate their lives, to become their assistant, to install cameras in their home, to watch their security footage, to take every opportunity, to take that, post it, and then spread it on social media, that raises a few alarm flags for me and makes me think I don't necessarily want to be their friend. Her taking control of the ball in this moment, laying out the case against Monica as a villain perfectly was my play of the game.
1: Oh, this was all this was my play of the game for quite some time Mm -hmm. because she's got tear play. She's got quiet on the set. It was just a really Mm -hmm. lovely moment. So I agree. This is an amazing play and is very deserving of a play of the game.
0: Yeah, this is kind of where she takes control of the reunion back.
1: Yeah.
0: Um she continue Heather continues, she calls Monica a bully. Monica says Heather's a bully and so is Lisa and they know exactly what they're doing, which is trying to get her kicked off the show. She has a point. Heather says with emotion in her voice that this has ruined her experience as a housewife and it's ruined every single one of their experiences as a housewife and she says if you could eliminate the trolls on social media you could get higher caliber women willing to come on and expose their lives and monica says higher caliber women so someone like me doesn't belong here you know heather's bringing it to the franchise as a whole like this is an attack on players as a whole that we would let someone in who would troll us like this yeah completely painting herself and all of the players as the victims um but but and then monica tries to come back and be the victim again and the higher caliber women thing so i don't belong here but it's like it's too late yeah. Heather has done a better job of painting who the victims are, and Monica can't get it back. Lisa calls out the franchise here, which is a bold move. She says, I know. you guys brought her on here knowing she wanted to take every single one of us out, and no one gives a fuck. I just love it when people try and throw production under
1: the bus. We find out later. Production does not like it no. when you throw them under the bus. Not a good
0: idea. Not a good idea. But I liked it anyway. Delac says, Bravo didn't know. Which has to be a lie. I still feel like that has to be a lie. Monica says, the first time she interviewed, she talked about it in her home with production during casting. And Delac says, if you told us that you run a burner account, we wouldn't have cast you. And Monica just says, okay.
1: But it's such a like, sure. Right. Whatever, dude.
0: (laughs) She's like, she's not going to go up against Bravo and argue this. I still feel like this is an error though. Like we need names. What producers were there? Right.
1: This is what you like. Anytime you're calling in for like customer service or whatever, like get their name. And then as you go (laughs) up the chain, have everyone's names so that you can say, no, this is what Bobo told me. Oh wow!
0: I just have got so much more respect for you. Oh yeah, you got to be organized <laughs> with this shit. Yeah, and I and I tried to look close here because I was like, maybe she did try and argue more about this in the moment and then oh, cut they it out it because because they're trying to cover their butts. I don't know. So I actually played this like five times. <laughs> so, wow, like, trying to of respect. <laughs> and <laughs> the only thing I could see is it's like they pan out, and while d is telling her that she wouldn't have been cast if she ran a burner account. She's not holding the burn book anymore. And then just after that, when he's like changing the topic, she's got the burn book like open on her lap again. And it cuts really fast between those two. So something was cut out. It doesn't mean it was that. It could have been like, Five other questions like who knows
1: no but that's like such a continuity error like those are so much fun to find in movies right like (laughs) the drink is three quarters full the drink is half full the drink is three quarters full like because they just they edit different takes and so that's so so they clearly have played around with the editing i mean like obviously we yeah the reunions
0: are so long they have to cut out so much stuff that it's not surprising that they have to cut huge chunks of stuff was it Monica saying more evidence against the fact that Bravo knew, was it not? We will, we will probably never know, but.
1: Honestly, in so many ways, that is why Heather really, I mean, I gave it to Whitney, but Heather really does deserve that fashion play because she is the only person who spent that entire three episodes plus whatever of filming looking comfortable on that couch, whereas everybody else and Meredith may be self-inflicted, like just sitting up so straight and having her legs crossed in a certain way. And she just never looks comfortable, but like everyone else is like, by, by part three, they're all just like, holy buckets. Yeah, can we, can go? we go home? Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> so now we're getting into the Greek mafia rumor. Dilak asks Monica if she had anything to do with the DM that Meredith got regarding Angie K's finances. Monica says no, and she would admit it if she did. Meredith says Monica said that she had receipts. Monica denies ever saying that. And her story is that they were both saying things about Angie. It wasn't just her. Angie addresses the whole thing and says, I'm being accused of being a schemer and a fraud, and they are trying to take down my business. And Delac asks, who? Who's they? Angie points in the direction of Meredith and Monica and Meredith says, not me. And Monica is making face plays of disbelief and loud whispering to Meredith, which I thought was kind of funny. She's like, what are you talking about?
1: You've been there too. <laughs> yeah, and Meredith is just like, I didn't put anything out into
0: the universe. Yes, and this is where it's like, the, and then Delac starts to school Monica on housewife player rules. He says, you can't bring something up on camera and then say, I didn't say it because it's you saying it. And wah, all the wah. ladies echo this and they go in on Monica for it. So this was kind of like her rookie lesson that like the first person to say on camera is the person who said it. Angie says, they came after my business, my everything. And the other players tell Monica she doesn't get it because she doesn't have anything like that for people to go after, which I thought was really harsh.
1: Oh, it gets even more harsh.
0: And Monica says, don't you dare discredit small shops. Don't you fucking dare. DLAC says, Did they come after your swaddle business? And Monica says <laughs> that Angie basically belittled her swaddle business.
1: Did you catch what Angie said earlier? Like during a lot of that squabbling, you have to listen carefully. She says, You roll blankets where there are Cheeto crumbs and dog hair.
0: Oh okay. that was kind
1: of mean. Like yeah. I was like, whoa, Angie.
0: Everyone, everyone starts out somewhere with their business. We are recording a podcast. In, right? I'm in I'm in our bedroom. I've got like weird target things stuck to the wall that keep falling off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on, everyone starts somewhere and we're good. God damn it.
1: Exactly. And so I, (laughs) this is my advice to Angie is next season. Like she's done some, she did a lot of great work this season. And I really like that. She owned a lot of her things, but I want her to not sink to that level of fighting.
0: Yeah. And that brings me to what happens next, which Angie says, you're not a businesswoman. Do not come at me. I'm surviving and thriving, which is more than you can fucking say. And Monica says, We're sitting in the same room on the same couch. Actually, you're over there on that end, and I'm here. She's referring to the hot seat, which I loved that call out on her superior rookie performance to Angie's. And Angie says, Monica is in the hot seat because she's a bitch. So she resets our eWib. But very disappointing. I- didn't think it was necessary.
1: Nope. I didn't either. I know I have eWib zero. Thank you, Angie.
0: I put thanks (laughs) Angie also. Thank you, Angie. (laughs) Um, Angie says she'd rather be sitting there than be a low brow, dirty rat out of the sewer. And Monica mishears her and says, A brown dirty rat. And she and DLAC correct her that she said low brow, not brown.
1: Like we're very Um, super sensitive to the racism issues right now.
0: Which, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know what it's like to be in her skin on the show. And maybe there's fairness in thinking she's going to hear that at any moment. But I feel like on the,
1: like from what I have seen so far on these shows, all two of them that I've watched, um, (laughs) It's really it is more socioeconomic, mm. I would say, than like, you know, but I, I'm not a historical watcher. So I right. like I'm coming in in an era where there is
0: there is some diversity more and representation. And his, yeah, Historically, it has been all white other than Atlanta, Potomac. Um, yeah. So it really is like different to be diversifying these casts and yeah. as, as they should. But they're they're you know, they're running into stuff that they're working through. So they're all talking and yelling over each other about what Monica has done to Angie and how she should have pulled her aside off camera rather than say it on camera. And DLAC pulls them all back together by just saying, stop, stop, stop over and over again. And then we cut to commercial.
1: In that moment too, Meredith was our voice of reason. And I looked up who is the goddess of reason and it's Athena. So Meredith was our (laughs) Athena in that moment. It was trying to bring peace um all right so we come back from the commercial to a title card saying on april 9th 2022 in san diego heather woke up with a black eye i wish Mm -hmm. we could play the dramatic music behind me (laughs) crews were not shooting at the time of the incident and i thought well buckle up buttercup here we're Mm -hmm. going.'" Heather opens up. She says there was a lot of drinking. I woke up with a black eye. I knew I got it from Jen, but I didn't know how. I texted Jen first thing in the morning. Jen came over, asked if she gave Heather the black eye, and Heather said, "Don't worry, I'll cover."
0: In the beginning when Delac introduces this, he says, "You shocked the world when you claimed that Jen gave you the black eye." It's very Frankenbitten, and I'm pretty sure and they play it off face from him. I'm pretty sure they recut it to say you claimed that Jen gave you the black eye and he didn't word it that way in the beginning, but they don't want Jen to come over, come after Bravo.
1: Right. Right. Yes. They're, um, legal got a hold of that and did their work. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the inquiry is why did Heather cover it? She says, I don't know. I was scared of her, I think. And I'm going to say it right here after the burn book. And now this Our second big moment that we've all been waiting for, I felt we had a little, I'm not going to call these nothing burgers because they did lead to other things, Mm -hmm. but I felt both of these were, I don't know, they, they, they were like, maybe just like lettuce on a bun or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just barely burgers. (laughs) little barely burger <laughs> i'm just a little disappointed in what we get out of all yeah
0: this. it's like heather doesn't actually remember getting the black eye so we don't get to hear right like why and maybe she does maybe she's just a, still doesn't even want to admit that who knows Um, But it's like, yeah, we don't really get the story. We just get that she's admitting that it was Jen Shaw and that she was covering for her the whole
1: time. Yeah. We don't really know the truth on Reality montees, and we don't really know the truth about the black eye. Like we have no hard facts. And maybe that's just a great metaphor for life, right? Sometimes you just (laughs) don't get all the answers. Heather says, you know, I've been covering her for three years. I wasn't going to stop now. Um, You know, I was scared of her then. I'm still scared to say it. Um, I was scared in Bermuda. But I realized as I watched it happening again that I was contributing kind of. Um, so she's kind of got this, like, she has a little bit of this victim play, but a little bit of that also pulling myself up out of the ashes and getting stronger kind of mm-hmm. play, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I just called her a phoenix, but I like it. <laughs> then d drops that they have footage. <laughs> that is when we see Heather put her head in her hands.
0: <laughs> yes, and this... Head and hands face play we've seen numerous times now. When when every time DeLac asks, "Tell us about the black eye," and Heather goes, and she just puts her head into her hands. That was my face, my play, face play of, the, of the, game. the game. Simply because it was used so much in the previous. It was uh, that makes sense. A good shot.
1: So then we get another title card. Security footage from Heather's room was reviewed immediately. The audio was unintelligible. At the time, Jen and Heather both said they were discussing a different topic. Heather now claims this footage shows them discussing the black eye. And again, we have our, it's not like law and order music, but it's definitely dramatic music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Heather gives a play by play of what was said at one point, And she's narrating like Jen said, I did that to you. I can't believe I did that to you. And Heather says, I said, it, but don't worry. I got you. And then you hear Heather say she was upset. We were both upset. So we are now at Heather's apology.
0: I'm so, let me just start by saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry to you guys. I'm sorry to the network. I'm sorry to the audience. I didn't know how to navigate it myself, I knew that it was becoming bigger and more than I could handle. It was a horrible situation. And I had lived through this, and I knew the relentlessness of what would come, and I lived a lot of that from it. A lot of Reality Von was fixated on the black eye. And I i don't know how to say other than, like, I was scared. And I did what I always do. I deflected with humor. It was in poor taste. It was horrible. The barking in the middle was my dog. I tried recording it like three times, and I just gave up. My son was homesick yesterday, and uh, the, he was playing with the dog, and I could not get them to be quiet. So there's a nice little a little guest appearance from Evie barking in the middle of our apology there.
1: I think it's Evie's way of saying like you go girl to Heather. <laughs> <laughs> so she's clearly taking accountability. She is being very specific. I think she's acknowledging the impact to a 0.5 degree. I feel like that happens a lot later and it's hard to kind of parse mm. out. Um, So for this section, I'm sort of like, that's a 0. 0.5. A commitment to fix, I think is kind of a one because she's saying, you know, I did what I always do. It was horrible in poor taste. That's
0: not a commitment to fix. <laughs> 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 Say like, so I won't do it again. Or like, I won't, you know, like she's just... Oh, she's I guess. uh, So maybe that's the
1: acknowledging the impact that it was horrible. So maybe we give a full. okay. so thanks to my Zen master apology instructor, Sandra, acknowledging (laughs) the impact is the one and we're just not going to do anything on a commitment to fix. I don't think there was really a check in, but there were definitely no deductions. So I give her
0: a three. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. I did not have, I had a one for accountability, one for specific, specificity. <laughs> I didn't have anything for impact, but now that you mention it, she did because the segment's so long, I think she acknowledges yeah. the impact like here and there throughout. And like, even at the yeah. end of that little recording, there was a little bit there. So I agree with you. I'll give her a point for that. Um, so a three pointer overall, which is, which is good. A solid three. That's yeah.
1: Right. A, a solid three apology. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it, it was a moment, too. You know, there was there was a lot of gravitas to the moment, which I liked. Yes. So they talk a little bit about freaking out with the lawyers and like when lawyers are involved, that raise the stakes even more for Heather. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like whenever there's lawyer up play, like the stakes are high. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that makes, that makes things scarier and Heather admits, you know, I didn't like all she had was that Jen told me she had done it and I didn't want to get her in trouble and I couldn't say how it happened. So she's, you know, sort of saying like, I have no proof, I have no evidence. So what am I going to do? Yeah. Heather gets grilled by Delac for lying on her book tour. Delac does not phrase it as "you made a joke about mm-hmm. production covering up a crime" because Bravo doesn't like being thrown under the bus. But yeah. Heather kind of tries to clarify, like
0: that part. That part was a joke, right? Yeah. Delac is pissed. I mean, he's D-Lack's not letting. Up. He goes after
1: her on this, like. Yeah. Like relentlessly, and but but Heather's got really good victim play about not going on social media for six months because mm-hmm. of what all the fans were saying about her, etc. And in between grilling her about <laughs> about production new and putting people's jobs at risk, he says, "Well, is the grace you're asking for now the same that should be given to Monica?" Mm. And Heather has this really nice moment. She says, "I can't answer that." you know, I handled it by internalizing it. And then we get back into like, well, you didn't internalize it. You accused production. That's not internal. <laughs> and Heather, you know, clarifies that that was the joke. And then D like asks Heather, did you and Jen ever discuss this when like people's jobs were being put at risk? And Heather says, yeah. And Jen just said, unless they can show us the footage, we deny. D like says, did she ever thank you? Like, no, she was never my friend. I will never fall for a pretend friend again.
0: Yes.
1: I am still worried about retaliation. And she talks about what a pivotal moment that was in Bermuda because she will not eat the same shit now that she did then. And and I loved this moment. She says, I thought Monica would own it and say it was because of how much she wanted to be on the show but she deflected and spun it and I thought I never want to be around this type of toxicity she says if that's the job well maybe it shouldn't be be. so Mm -hmm. we're back to our housewives union platform here that like Mm -hmm. we're not here like we're here for low stakes argument not for real (laughs) high stakes toxic shit
0: Yes. And she's throwing herself in the pot as like all of the housewives players are the victims here and not just me. And she's got this great growth storyline going. The person Mm -hmm. she started out at is not the person she is now. She doesn't stand for this bullshit anymore.
1: Yep. It's beautiful. It really is. It's like, I've learned not to be a victim. And that's sort of like a lot of what Whitney kind of her trajectory has been about this whole season as well. Heather is handling all this like a pro. She's vulnerable. She handles her DLAC confrontation amazingly well. <laughs> I wrote, she's also showing her growth. Hashtag housewives makes us better people. Mm-hmm. And it shows how Monica could have saved herself because she basically says, I thought when we confronted you, you would do this and then we could move forward. Mm-hmm. But it did not happen. DLAC turns to Monica and asks, what do you think? Which is funny. <laughs> oh, look! I got. Um, apparently, I did. I got fireworks got, to get behind got fireworks me. Fireworks
0: for that. What I don't you
1: know. And, psh, Bleacher Nation. I don't know if you know this, but on Zoom, if you do a double thumbs up, you can get
0: fireworks behind you. Like there's all sorts of fun. You things. can also get it just randomly if you're yeah just accidentally.
1: So the one thing I just wanted to touch on real quick is the way I wrote this in my notes. Delac turns to Monica and asks, "What do you think?" just really reminded me of this very campy 1966 version of the movie Fahrenheit 451, Mm. where like, you know, there are no books and she's just watching this like interactive show on her screen. And the way they do it in that era is like, they turn, like they're telling the story and then they all, like all the actors on the screen turn to the camera and they say, what do you think, Linda? (laughs) So it's very funny. And it made me think of that. (laughs) There we go. We've got, we got, we just dropped literature into the (laughs) bug. Fahrenheit
0: 451. And then we cut to commercial. We come back. We're back in our Fahrenheit 451 moment. Monica says that watching... With Heather and Jen was really hard. Monica produces tears and she says, Heather can hate her all she wants, but they went through the same trauma, but they just went about it in different ways. Heather kept it in. Monica blurted it out. Um, And she says she gets phone calls now with people threatening her because of her involvement in Jen's trial. This is a good moment. She's trying to connect with Heather here. She really can't quite pull it together because she can't make the apology, but that's what this is what she's trying to do.
1: She was also interrupted by a little me monster moment with Lisa as well. And DLAC actually reprimands Lisa and is like, simmer. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of times it looks like. There's chaos, just like because of Monica. But I think that it's not all Monica's fault. I think that people come after her while she's trying to talk to, and that makes all yeah. the chaos. When Heather's talking, everyone gives her the respect and is quiet. Yeah, even, even Monica. So it's classroom yeah. management skills, Heather's got them. Um, Delac asks all of them their reactions to what Heather has just talked about. Whitney calls it Stockholm syndrome and as is characteristic for Whitney she's very empathetic about it Um, and when she says that she's very sorry to Heather for what she's been through Heather's face screws up in this like trying not to cry face play. Lisa says last year she was really upset with Heather about it but it seems like now she understands it more and she felt like Heather, Heather was broken last year.
1: And she, she had like a good little brown noser play too. Like I was really upset with you for putting producers' lives and jobs at risk.
0: <laughs> after she after she came for Bravo <laughs> just, just a few minutes ago. Um, Heather is producing Tears. Whitney crosses the stage to play STCO to play Shoulder to Cry On to Heather. Meredith um, says she understands and she gives grace. Note that we did not ask Angie thoughts. Dilak asks what the ladies would say to Jen Shaw, or no, he asks Heather what she would say to Jen Shaw if she was watching this, and Heather says, I'm no longer your bitch. I regret believing in you. I regret turning on all of you, she says to her fellow players. I regret disrespecting my children and my family and my opportunity here. And she says to Jen, I'm glad you're in prison because I might not have the guts to do it otherwise. So So she-
1: This moment where Heather really screws her courage to the sticking point and she makes this statement to Jen Shaw was my play Play of the game. game. Mm, I thought it was not necessarily the turning point play, Mm -hmm. but it was to me, it was like a really beautiful, heartfelt show of courage and strength.
0: Yeah, and it's also kind of the that end of her storyline of of not taking the shit anymore. And Yeah. Yeah. So, this is a good, yep. very good moment. Delac tries to throw Monica a bone here. He says, "The theme seems to be that Jen has a way of making people do things that aren't characteristic of who they really are." So, is there any grace to Monica in that? Um, And Heather starts to give a little bit to Monica, but then she doesn't really. She says, the way Monica handled it and the way she came in today hurt her more and didn't resolve anything for her. It just made Heather more clear of her boundaries. Um, But she does admit this is the best season we've ever had. Although to her, (laughs) she's saying it's because of like the friendship solidifying, but it's like, no, it's because it was because of Monica. It's because you guys had, yeah, really good drama. (laughs) They reminisce some things that happened during the season that were good. And then Delac says, is it too insurmountable to move on as a group? Whitney answers first. She says she needs a clear line of trust to move forward. And right now, she doesn't trust Monica. Although she seems to leave that open, that that perhaps she could change her mind. Delac asks what Monica could have said that would have helped. And Heather and Lisa are like, nothing. She couldn't have said anything, which I just completely disagree with. Mm-hmm. And and watch what happens live. Heather also says that if she had come in differently, that she would have, she maybe could have redeemed herself. Yeah, because she could have. Meredith says the trust is completely decimated um, and Angie, again, doesn't get asked. (laughs) (laughs) d asks if there's anything else Monica wants to make sure she's heard on. And we zoom in on Whitney and Meredith. They're holding hands in this moment. That Great was a very
1: awkward play. zoom too. Like it was, <laughs> it was. It called a lot of attention to itself the way they edited that, <laughs>
0: um, but it was beautiful. It was good friendship play. Yep. And Monica, she's already given the ball away at this point. She has no yeah. so desire to get it back. She doesn't add anything. This is another opportunity for an apology here. She doesn't take it. She has given up. And we All caps, to- error. Yes, massive error. Continued. <laughs> Well, and
1: we go, we go from that, uh, missed opportunity of a tearful apology with some vulnerability to Whitney's game, warm and fuzzy, cold and prickly. d asks all the ladies, what was their warm and fuzzy and what was their cold and prickly from Angie? We get Greek Easter friends and family sharing culture and that the rumors and nastiness was hard. <laughs> Whitney is proud that she is stronger and not as broken as she was last year. And her prickly is being let down by Monica, which I was like, oh, no, you didn't. She totally dropped that. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) So that was rough. Lisa, of course, has so many things that were her warm and fuzzy. Like I love there are a couple of things about Lisa I love. One is her ability to have a smile on her face when she is dealing with like sad or angry mm-hmm. things. Like her face is still in a smile, just I think because of the way she talks. And then she also like goes up into this cute little high register, like, I was so happy about this, better relationships with women, and then Jack and all of that was documented to see his growth. Mm-hmm. And then her prickly is the way that they left Bermuda. Meredith churning butter. which we then get into a marketing play of the game which is they all sort of jointly come up with meredith mark's butter bath
0: (laughs) that was was good
1: Um, and so her prickly was having an off-camera conversation where we have no way of backtracking and i think she means by that no receipts
0: Yes, this was great, recognizing her own error in here. No off-camera conversations, not good yeah. play. So that was, this was a great, like, self, self-game analysis here.
1: And it directly contradicts advice that she gave during this reunion to Monica about, well, you should have taken Angie aside off-camera mm. and told her. Mm. So.
0: That's true.
1: Uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's a double-edged sword. Heather says the book event and then also Greek Easter um, because she had changed her relationship with Lisa and overall she felt more understood. It was a powerful reset. And of course, her prickly was Reality Von in Bermuda. And then for Monica, she says her prickly was Bermuda. She leads with prickly, not warm and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And then she says her fuzzy was Bermuda as well. And then D. Lack quotes a Tale of Two Cities. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> and I just thought Monica was so deflated and it just looks like she does not have the stamina to run this marathon. d brings out the dark and stormies. They have little cocktail garnishes of little men hanging from limes. And you hear Heather say, it's Andy Cohen on the lime. <laughs> and before drinking it, d as he's handing them out, makes this wonderful sour puss Face like he does not like the smell or taste Mm -hmm. of this drink, and that was my face play of the game.
0: (laughs) Oh, to finish it out from D. To finish it out. (laughs) So that was it. Before we announce our MVPs, should we talk about the news that that popped about um, whether Monica is coming back or not?
1: Yes, go for
0: it. Monica's not coming back.
1: I kept sort of trying to parse out the timeline because I guess this is the second season of Traders, And I just sort of wondered if some <laughs> of her reunion play was predicated on her hope that she's just going to parlay this season into, you know, trying to audition to be on Traders.
0: I guess, but you don't have to leave the housewives to be on traitors.
1: Exactly. And I also don't think this type of play will merit you being on traitors because you're I not going to be, be able to form any alliances. No, I think she'd be really bad on traders. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, and that was sort of what, like at the, at the end of the day, I felt like her play style is kind of a one trick pony. Like there's just not a lot there.
0: Yeah, I feel like she'd be funny for like an episode or two, but then everyone would just vote her off. Which is sad.
1: I would like her to go and find something else that is like more fulfilling, more inspiring, like brings more positivity into her life.
0: I don't want her to find something else. I want her to improve her play and stay here. I thought she brought amazing things to Salt Lake City. She just couldn't pull it she she either needed to play something different during the season with like she knew she had this account she knew that this was gonna be a problem she either needed to play that differently during the season or she needed to come with apology play and play the reunion very differently and she could have kept her spot and she could have kept doing really amazing stuff on housewives and maybe she'll come back and do it later but i'm super disappointed we don't get her anymore
1: I want to not be celiac, but those are just things that aren't going to happen. Like, I just don't think she's capable of, like, I think Hide. she needs to go spend Whitney's thousands of dollars on therapy uh, to get good. to yes. that
0: place where but she... wouldn't it be great if we got to watch her go through that journey, though?
1: Wouldn't that be great? Well, there you go. So Sandra has just pitched the newest reality TV show, which is going to be Housewife Therapy. <laughs>
0: it's called Monica in Therapy.
1: Monica in Therapy.
0: So, well, yeah. Um, I would shall we? Who was your MVP? I'm sure it was Monica, right? I, you know, I really <laughs> did try. Like I said at the top of
1: the episode, I really did try to find a way. Like I would say, after my first watch through and about halfway through my second watch through the episode, I was like, "Is there any way we can give this parting gift to Monica?" <laughs> but she just couldn't pull it through. So. For graciously handling the "course get" comment, for her repeated calm presentation of fantastic receipts, mm. for her best quip of the game, for her amazing housewives union speech, mm. for standing up to DeLac's stern admonishments about throwing production <laughs> under the bus, for her heartfelt three point apology play,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and for her vulnerability play and statement to Jen Shaw heather gay is my m v p
0: Clap, clap 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 yeah i mean i'm with you when it was clear that monica was just giving the ball away veteran player heather gay swooped in she picked up that ball and she said let me show you what to fucking do with this fucking ball She came to the reunion looking like a boss in my fashion play of the game, actually pulling a compliment out of Mary Cosby. She showed herself as a victim to a villain by perfectly articulating a case against Monica, which was my play of the game. She brought a she brought well laid out receipts of Monica stalking Jen's house. She played her PTC explanation of the black eye from Jen Shaw and delivered a solid three-point apology to multiple audiences. And then she rounded out her storyline as the victim turned strong woman with boundaries. And for all that kick-ass play, Heather was also my MVP. I love it. She did a great season, too. I mean, yeah. she not you know, not that she was like. Until the end, she wasn't centered around any of the major storylines, but just that whole Nancy Drew work at the end, and she's always got her great comedic play, and she just she pulled it out in this in this last uh, this last episode here. Yeah, I was very I was very taken. I was
1: very taken with it.
0: Let's talk about RSS score. So the um the RSS is the reunion seating score. It's a score that we've put together. To determine how the franchise values their players and the scoring system, um, very quick overview. If you are a full player, you play a full season, meaning you play the entire season and you're on the reunion, you get a point for that. If for some reason you didn't make it to the reunion, you only get a half a point for that season. As a friend of player, so that's like Mary Cosby was a friend of this season. She had a re- reduced Contract. She wasn't in all the episodes. You basically get half of what a player does. So if you play a full season and you're at the reunion, you get a half a point. If you're only in the season, you don't make a reunion, you get a quarter of a point. And then there's bonus points. You can get a bonus point for being in that preferred seat right next to Delac, the hot seat. That's a whole bonus point. It's huge to get that seat. And That's a big um, point. Yes. The other, and then you can get a bonus fraction of a point, a 0.25 if someone from your life makes it onto the reunion show with you, whether that's a spouse, a family member, a close friend, whatever, which we had none of this season. No spouses. I know. I know. We just didn't have time. No spouses and no Vovo. (sighs) That was another error that we didn't even mention is that she didn't get, she had all this stuff with Vovo. She didn't even get her on the reunion.
1: Yeah. Because, well, there was just so much (laughs) other shit going on.
0: So I'm going to give you the, Ranking of all the players who are currently active and cause we, you know, we've had some friends who've come and gone, um, obviously Jen Shaw's not there any longer, but I'm going to give you kind of a ranking of who is left in, in Salt Lake city right now and what their RSS score is. And we're I'm giving it cumulative. We can also look at it average scores when it makes sense to, but overall, we're going to keep their cumulative score because if you have more seasons of play, it shows that you are a better player because you've earned more seasons of play. So we're looking at the cumulative RSS right now and at the end of this season in seventh place so that's last place we've got our rookie Angie Katsanevas with a 1.5 this is only her second season to play her first was a friend of and that was a low scoring season because she was a friend of in sixth place with a 2.0 so that's so remember Angie was a 1.5 with a 2.0 is monica our other rookie monica garcia so she had she had a two pointer this this is her first season it was a two pointer because she had one point for being um, on the whole season she got a bonus point for being in the hot seat the highest score you can receive in any one season is a 2.25 so that's if you get in the hot seat you're a full player you get in the hot seat and you get a guest so she got almost the highest score you can get but she didn't get a guest on with her um, and it's her only season so that's as high as her score goes in fifth place with a 2.25 is mary cosby this is her third season of play And now note here, this is where it's kind of helpful to kind of look at the average. Note that Angie and Mary actually have the same average RSS of 0.75, but because Mary has played more seasons, her cumulative is higher. Um, But if then if you throw Monica in there, she's only played one season. Her average is two. So she's showing herself when you look at the average as a much better player than them so far, but she hasn't made any more play, which means she might be dead and out forever. Yep. Then we have a tie for third or fourth place, which is Whitney Rose and Meredith Marks, who have a 4.75. And then coming out to our top two spots in second place, we have Lisa Barlow with a 6.75. And in first place, Heather Gay with just barely over that a 7.0. And it was really getting that hot seat this time that helped her come up above Lisa Barlow because, um, Previous to this, she and Lisa Barlow had the same number of hot seats. And wasn't Lisa, was Lisa ahead previous to this? Lisa was ahead because because they had the same number of hot seats, but Lisa had had her um, spouse, had had John Barlow. John Barlow? Yep. Yeah. Yes, John, John. Barlow. <laughs> John Barlow, Jack Barlow? Oh, uh,
1: Yep. Yeah, so there we go. And I think it'll be interesting. Boy, I don't know if we do an RSS going all the way back for... Beverly Hills.
0: Of course we do. Of course we do. Historical scores are extremely important. In fact, my goal is to have every score of every franchise within the next year so that we can compare like so-and-so from this season compared to this so-and-so from this season compared to so-and-so from this season. Oh yeah. We're going to get all the stats. Just in case people are curious, let me pull up. I thought I had it already pulled up, but I wanted to look at Jen Shaw's score
1: it's on the totals it's so she's a a cumulative of five and an average of 1.67 which is just below lisa's average of 1.69
0: okay what was her cumulative five so yeah so she has a five so she would be in third place if she was still if she was still playing without having even played this season she'd be in third place so yeah yeah she had a pretty high score crazy
1: yeah yeah because she is just below lisa's average as well yeah with a 1.67 what's crazy is that monica's gonna go out with an average rss of two which is gonna be a hard thing for Mm -hmm. anyone to beat really Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Um, yeah and then you know it begs the question do we add i think if we're putting together like a spreadsheet of like people's averages you probably don't get in that spreadsheet unless you have you've had it like at least three seasons of play
1: yeah i agree i agree because
0: like a one and done does that really count
1: Right. Cause she really was Icarus, you know? She just flew too <laughs> close to the sun.
0: <laughs> okay, so those are our RSS scores at the end of the season. Next week we'll do a, a nice or next week or the week after, we'll do a nice wrap-up of the season. We'll pick our MVP of the season, our air of the season, all that fun stuff. And then we're gonna start covering Beverly Hills. I'm well, so
1: excited. I'm I'm
0: I'm gonna miss our Salt Lake City ladies. Oh, I will always
1: yeah. feel very tied to these women. I will always have a very soft spot in my heart for these women because they were my first.
0: (laughs) They're your first. They're your virgin cast. They're my virgin cast
1: for (laughs) reality TV period. So um, I want to thank them. (laughs) (laughs) Sandra's just holding up the sheet with the red blood (laughs) all over.
0: It's done. You can't go back now.
1: (laughs) It is that it's funny when I'm like watching Beverly Hills and then I'm seeing previews for traders and I'm just like, Oh, like Sandra (laughs) has put me like, she has dragged me in the pit Uh, and I'm just like playing happily in it now. mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Uh. (laughs) So follow us uh, on Instagram, real housewives of Bend, Oregon, subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss us and um rate guess, and review us yeah please do that
1: because all we have right now are me just hitting five stars every time i open it up <laughs>
0: <laughs> does that do anything I... and It
1: registers that i don't know if it actually like then says lady come on <laughs> you've already done this back off
0: <laughs> all right so rate us so that mandy's not the only one rating us and uh we'll catch you next time bye,
1: bye. <laughs> so that was such a sad little bye <laughs>